This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads on our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk. If you'd like to join us in person, our talks take place at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Money. Everybody needs it. No one seems to have enough of it. They say money makes the world go round. And it's certainly a massive motivation for people. Pretty much everybody, really. And um, governments stand or fall by what happens to currency. Nations go to war for all sorts of reasons, often economic, monetary things. Um, Our society is a consumer society. That is, um, companies exist to make money, to make profit for their shareholders, and we go to work for it, obviously, because we all need money to live. And to some extent, um, money is worshipped in our society in the sense that um, it's not just what money can buy or how much money you've got. It's the fact that money basically uh, equates to a standard of living. And for most people, uh, their standard of living is very important to them. And people will hold on to it. Uh, people will do anything to preserve it because for many if not most people the way they live that is the sort of house they live in the sort of car they drive the sort of holidays they have the sort of food they eat whether they go out for meals in the evening uh, all those sort of things uh, are their life and that's what they enjoy and they want to preserve it Um, you know, if, if you were to ask people, uh, are you a lover of money? Most people would say no, because no one likes to think that they love money. It sounds a bit avaricious, doesn't it, you know? But um, if you ask people, you know, uh, about their standard of living, and are they perhaps prepared to take a pay cut, or what would, or how would they feel if they lost their job, or stuff like that, then, they, then it becomes more, much more important to them. It is important. Um, And if we were to ask the secondary question, well, what do you look for then in your life for satisfaction, for pleasure, for security, for comfort, for fulfillment? Where where do you look for those things? For most people, those things are linked somehow to their standard of living. Um, For most people, pleasure and satisfaction is linked to income. And that's why people are desperate to keep that income. And if anything, if they can improve it. And their whole lives are spent trying to improve it sometimes, to to climb up the ladder. Um, And although a lot of people, again, wouldn't admit it, if you said to them, so does money make you happy? Most people say, no, 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 money can't make you happy. But they'll still queue up to buy the ticket, won't they? You know, for that possibility that they might win them however millions you're going to win, you know? Even though people don't probably 
admit that it won't make you happy. Nevertheless, uh, people want it. They would love to try it. Let's come to Ecclesiastes, shall we? Now, there's nothing new in this sort of pondering money and material things uh, in life. Nothing new at all. It's always been the way, right from the very beginning. Um, in fact, the very first sin, the very first disobedience against God arose from somebody, or in this case Adam and Eve, Eve in particular, uh, wanting something, a desire for something material. In this case it was fruit, it doesn't really matter what it was, which promised to do something for her. It looked nice for a start. It looked as though if you ate it, it would taste nice. And more than that, and perhaps more subtly, she had the promise that if she did have it, she'd feel better. She'd somehow come up in the world in status. There's another angle on it, isn't it? Standard of living often goes with success. And with success goes a status in the world and amongst your peers and with your friends. And it's it's all all very desirable, all very tempting. Um, but as we say there's nothing new now this man here ooh, let's pour myself a glass and move it out of the way shall we before I go and knock it over <laughs> uh, the man who wrote Ecclesiastes was Solomon and Solomon was probably in his day the richest man on the earth in, in fact he might well have been the richest man who's ever lived uh, when one considers the amount of gold that clearly they had in his um, domain. So he, he, was, he was one of the, the kings of Israel at the time, ancient Israel, so we're going back a long time now. But it doesn't matter. Men and women are the same now as they were then. And they, they, they coveted the same things. They wanted the same things. Um, they didn't have the technology, but that doesn't matter. There were still luxury things they wanted to have and wanted to experience. And Solomon, in a way, was no different to anybody else. Uh, although he was a godly man, or at least he started a godly man. Um, you can see in this chapter here that this is a man who could have anything he wanted. Now, most of us are never, have never been in and never will be in the position of being able to have anything you wanted in terms of material things. At least I don't think any of you have. <laughs> Um, I doubt it uh, but this man this man could so he was in a unique position in a way and I feel that in this second chapter here when he says uh, in verse 1 he's like to open your Bibles Ecclesiastes chapter 2 he says go to now I will prove thee with mirth therefore enjoy pleasure it's almost as though he's saying let's try let's try materialism Let's try having whatever I want. Uh, I can have whatever I want. I can experience whatever I want. And see if it's as good as it's cracked up to be. You know, it's a bit, it feels to me like a bit of an experiment, uh, which he could do. So he did. Um, And, well, you can see, as we've read in the chapter, um, verse 3, gave his heart to wine. but nevertheless, not to excess, I don't think. But um, and then in verse uh, verse four, big plans, big projects, houses, vineyards, gardens, and orchards, and trees. 
very nice pools of water woods and trees um, he didn't have to do any work verse 7 he'd got servants and maid, maidens and servants born in his house and as for possessions great possessions great and small cattle and so on silver and gold verse 8 and um, well the peculiar treasure of kings I'm not quite sure what the peculiar treasure of kings was <laughs> but it sounds nice <laughs> so he had everything he wanted entertainment verse 8 as well in the form of music so he was great he says verse 9 increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem also he says my wisdom remained in me so he didn't go over the top here uh, so that he didn't know what he was doing you know what I mean he didn't, he didn't, um, he didn't go through anything that was an addiction or anything uh, he, he kept his reason uh, in this experiment but verse 10 he says whatever mine eyes desired I kept not from them nor withheld from my heart any joy for my heart rejoiced in all my labour so he's not saying that there wasn't any pleasure in this there was that's what he says he says I rejoiced in all my labour this is my portion you know of all my labour and, and, and these many of the things that you can have in this life which money can buy and which you can experience are nice things and many of them in fact are quite um, legitimate not necessarily bad and he's not saying that but then and this is the important thing really verse 11 he says after I'd done all of this and experienced it all he says I looked at all the works that my hands had wrought and on the labour that I'd laboured to do and his summing up of it is in this word which is actually a characteristic word in this book as you'll know if you've read it uh, and it's the word vanity he says it was all vanity what does he mean well vanity is an old-fashioned English word which has changed its meaning now um, these days if we say um, uh, vanity normally means someone who spends too long in the mirror doesn't it you know um, uh, in the morning uh, very conscious of their appearance that's vanity well the word simply means here it simply means empty or emptiness that's what vanity is so when he says it was all vanity what he's saying is that when he'd done it all and had it all and experienced it all he'd been there and done it as we would say today in the end he says what have I got for it you know, there's no and another characteristic phrase is there is no profit he says in other words there is no lasting profit in these things they're nice at the time the good fun it's nice to experience you know but then it's gone and well I don't know what you're like I, yeah. you know when you go on holiday and you know you look forward to a holiday everyone looks forward to a holiday don't they you know and uh, sometimes holidays well sometimes they, 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 they excel what, they're, what you're expecting but not often and sometimes they're not quite what they're cracked up to be you know you know and then that's the other thing about life isn't it things disappoint sometimes we have great expectations for things and they don't always measure up do they you know and then when you come home well you've got the pictures these days on your digital camera so you can remember where you've been and what you've done but in the end after a while it fades and it's just lost its its glitter isn't it it's just it's just lost it's gone um and I think that's what he's saying. And, and in fact, if you look at, there's another phrase he uses here. 
11. Oh, it is. It's in verse 11. Look, he says, always vanity and vexation of spirit. That's another characteristic phrase. And literally, vexation of spirit means a striving after wind. Now, that's a crazy thing to try to do, isn't it? You know, you can't catch the wind, can you? There's nothing to get hold of. It's just, just air, isn't it? And in a sense, what he's saying to us is that his experience was that just striving after money and material things, you're trying to get something which is unattainable. You're trying to find happiness. Everyone wants to be happy, don't they? You know? That's the great goal for most people. I want to be happy. And if if in this life and material things, if that's where you're looking for happiness, you will never really find it. It's not possible. Um, you know, listen to the man who had it all. He knows. He's been there. Um, of course, it's easier to say these things than to do, isn't it? Because we're all human and... Um, so where is true satisfaction and pleasure to be found? And it's not in material things. Now Jesus said a lot about this. In fact, if we come over to the New Testament and Matthew chapter 6. Uh, Jesus says a lot about money. He says a lot about treasure and says a lot about value. And really that's what this is about really. We all need money, of course we do. We all need an income to live no matter what standard of living we are, 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 are living on. And God knows that. Um, it's our attitude to these things which is important. And Jesus is telling us that um, real treasure is not to be found in material things. Uh, let's read Matthew 6 and start at verse 19. He says there, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal. So there's one problem straight away. Moth and rust corrupt. In other words, it doesn't last. Whatever it is, whether it be, you know, as we talked about your holiday or your brand new car or, or, uh, or, or anything really, nothing lasts. Everything deteriorates in the material things. And what what started as being exciting and new and you know you know it was really good after a while becomes normal we have the phrase don't we familiarity breeds contempt and it does and it's not it's not as exciting as it used to be or thieves break through and steal then we might just simply lose it verse 20 and people have lost it of course in their savings haven't they and, and, and pensions and all the financial things that go wrong and all the things we've saved up are suddenly gone. Verse 20. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moss nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Now Jesus says there's an alternative here. There's real treasure, real value. What he says, it's in heaven. That doesn't mean to say we're going to heaven to receive it. Jesus, rather, is coming from heaven and bringing it with him. That, that's, that's why he uses, the, he uses the phrase in heaven, because it's with God at the moment. And the treasure is eternal life in the kingdom of God on the earth. That's the treasure. 
and he says it's with God and because it's with God nobody can touch it nobody can take it away from you it will not devalue how can it eternal life is you know who who's not going to say yes to that um Rust, uh, moth and rust doth not corrupt. Thieves do not break through or steal, he says. So here is something, he says, says Jesus, which is real. It's of more value than anything you can have now. And it can be yours. Verse 21, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So the question for us is, I guess, and it's not an easy question to answer is where is your treasure Hmm? that's easy to say oh my treasure's with god it's with jesus that's what that's that's my real treasure is the kingdom of god and everlasting life Um, well it's easy to say but is it really our treasure how much do we really value it do we realize what we have remember jesus told a couple of parables about that didn't he there was the man who was who who stumbled over treasure in a field and and when he realized the value of what he'd found it says that he sold everything he had to buy the field so that's another interesting thing isn't it jesus is saying that when you realize the treasure that i can give you he says it's worth more than anything there is nothing that is worth holding on to that that isn't worth giving up for the real treasure Um, that's what jesus says and then there's the other one who was actually looking for treasure the man who was looking for goodly pearls and he found the one pearl priceless pearl sold everything so that he might have it so it's all about appreciating the value of what the Lord God and Jesus want to give us as opposed to the fleeting treasures of this life um, which are not there for very long Um, moth and rust is one thing Jesus says Um, of course uh, there are are two reasons why treasures of this life uh, are not worth much really one is they deteriorate the second is we deteriorate by which i mean the older you get the less enjoyment you have in a lot of those things because physically perhaps you're not able to do or go where you used to go and used to do you know (coughs) even eventually you can't even taste your food (laughs) i hope that never happens to me i love my food (laughs) but it's true isn't it as we get older um, those pleasures themselves uh, become less pleasurable now um, Solomon said it's vanity empty now that's a good word because it's true that if your life just consists of material things and that's where your heart is there's something missing there's something missing and and you know you meet people and they know there's something missing and they try to put something well the something that's missing is the spiritual part of your life and it's a foolish thing to say i don't need those things we do that's the way human beings are made 
we're made so we need uh, a spiritual input uh, in our lives I've written a few things down here look hope joy comfort of mind security to be needed and loved and a purpose in life now people who ignore those things they don't really need that are foolish because as human beings we do need those things and if we don't have those things there is a hole in our life there's a there's a big black hole and and no manner of money and material possessions will fill that hole as we are spiritual as well as physical creatures that's the way god has made us now the gospel meets all of those spiritual needs and i let's let's go through them the first one i put down was hope what greater hope than eternal life in the kingdom of god and it's a practical of practical use because when things go wrong in life and they do for everybody expectations are not met disappointments come along disasters maybe you know um, tragedy maybe then if we've got that sort of hope we can stand you know we can we can take it uh, because we've got something solid to hold on to whereas people who don't have that hot that 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 spiritual uh, comfort in their lives people who don't have a hope for the future like like we have then there are things that go wrong in their life and the whole bottom falls out of their life they've got nothing you know maybe it's career maybe they've lost a job maybe they lose their wife or their husband and life stops well of course these are hard things don't get me wrong i'm not saying they're not uh, you know grief and shock of course it is it's, it's a hard thing but if we've got something solid to hold on to the apostle peter has a lovely phrase he, he says he says the gospel is like an anchor of the soul i like that that's good isn't it your soul is the inward part isn't it your feelings and affections he says the gospel is like an anchor it's not easily moved you know we might drift a bit but you won't go too far because you've got something to hold on to so that's hope joy what greater joy than to be at one with god and to know that our sins are forgiven hmm? romans 8 says if god before us who can be against us what incredible comfort is that well actually comfort was the next one actually that everything's in god's hand that is a comfort to know that everything that happens to us in our lives god knows and he's there with us security nothing can separate us says paul from the love of god and our place in the kingdom not even death can separate us from it that's why jesus says it's treasure and it's in heaven god has it to be needed and loved well even if you've got no family and there are people virtually in that situation we know that we're treasured by god we're his sons and daughters for goodness sake <laughs> how much how much stronger language could you use to show how god wants us and loves us than that he calls us his sons and daughters in other places in scripture he uses other figures like your jewels 
precious stones to him. So we are needed and loved. And a purpose and meaning in life. Well our whole life becomes a preparation. For the kingdom of God. For the Christian. For the disciple of Christ. This life with all its pleasures. Is a fleeting thing. It's, in fact the Bible calls it a pilgrimage. It's a place that you're passing through. It's not your place, your destination. You know, we have a hymn, don't we, where we sing, this is not our resting place, which it isn't. Our real resting place, our home, if you like, is the kingdom of God when Jesus returns on this earth. And that's the real, that's the real treasure. It's, and it is real you know people often say oh when you start talking about spiritual things they think you mean airy fairy undefinable you know that's a, a lot of people think that's about spiritual things don't they and in fact there are people who who when they're trying to fill that vacuum trying to fill that hole which they feel there is in their lives they look to anything but the bible you know they'll 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 look to um, um i don't know um <laughs> meditation for instance that sort of thing you know or some eastern religions that make you feel good um, or, or nature you know uh, spend all their time um, nature is a wonderful thing don't get me wrong of course it is but it won't fill the hole the spiritual hole in person's life to give it meaning and comfort and all those other things we've been talking about to sum up all of those things and I know this is a hackneyed phrase but to sum up all of those things the best phrase really is peace of mind and I know it's been overused but it's true isn't it that's what people want they want to be at peace in their minds and the materialism and the pursuit of money and standard of living will not do that it might be a bit of an anaesthetic and it might feel good while you're doing it but it will not last no real lasting satisfaction some people turn to all sorts some people turn to drugs don't they and other addictions to try and find some escape um, from the drudgery if you like or the, the despair sometimes um, of this life the bible is the place the Bible has the real answer to this. And it's not age dependent. <laughs> That's good. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if we get old. We're going to get old. Doesn't matter if we die. Jesus will raise us from the dead. It's not, it's not a problem. So um, I, think, I think the modern term in financial things is future proofed, isn't it? It's future proofed. Let's have a look at... Um, almost our last passage a couple of passages now from Jesus again Mark chapter 8 Jesus had such a way with words and could say so much in so few words unlike the present speaker <laughs> who seems to have to spend a lot of time <laughs> trying to say the same thing Mark chapter 8 and verse uh, 36 Mind you, we do sometimes forget that what we do have are summaries, of course. 
big condensed summaries I think of um, of what Jesus actually said well the gospel of John actually says doesn't it that if if everything was written down that Jesus had said the world the world wouldn't contain the book so that comforts me a bit Mark chapter 8 verse 36 he says what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul so here we are profit and loss again Jesus often talks in this way what will a man give in exchange for his soul and he's right isn't it what what value what monetary value are you going to put on your life well it's a silly question isn't it a person who faces death will give everything and anything for his life if he's in sound mind of course Um, so you can't put a value on it and therefore he's quite right in verse 36 to say in the end there is no profit if a man shall gain the whole world um, and at the end of it all lose his life there's a certain logic about that which I like life is priceless and therefore the gospel is a priceless treasure and we've got to make it that by thinking about it meditating about it and only in so doing will it become real to us and its value will become real to us Um, but Jesus also said and this is perhaps the hard bit he said you cannot serve God and well in the authorised version it says mammon mammon is riches that's what it means you can't serve God and riches you've got to choose so there's a choice to be made here because if we say we're going to follow God and we want the true treasure the real treasure that's in heaven that Jesus will bring then to lay hold on that means we've got to loose we've got to we've got to loosen our grip on the things of this life doesn't mean to say we've got to give everything away but the whole focus of our life has got to change we've got to be serving God doing what pleases him because that's right and because Jesus says we must do that if we want life eternal that there are there are conditions in other words and they're not unreasonable either in fact they're incredibly generous the more we understand them and loose let go let go he says of the world and that's a mental thing you know so the spiritual things and the things of faith and the things of the kingdom of God become the precious things they're the things we want to think about they're the things we want to know about they're the things we spend our time and effort on and that's where our real affections are and the things of this world become less important less important and and that's a that's a constant battle really sometimes think of it like a lion you know spirituality is like that where worldliness is here and the spiritual things are over here and some we're in the middle somewhere aren't we and we're trying to move it this way and it's hard because we get getting dragged back this way because we can see these things they're outside on the drive we live in it we go to work you know we can see our bank balance these are real they, they seem real don't they whereas the things of the kingdom don't seem real because we can't see them but in bible language we see them through faith and they can become more and more real to us so that we really see these things for what they are okay our last passage is matthew 13 
So we have to make a choice. Who are we going to serve? Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So faith is the key. We need to find out, we need to learn the gospel, we need to believe and to live as though we did believe. Matthew 13 and verse 44. And it's where we would have mentioned this, haven't we? Kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, which when a man hath found, he hideth, and notice this, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Uh, and that is real joy when one realizes the value of what God can give to us. Materialism? I think it's doomed to failure anyway. And the sooner, the nearer we get to the return of Jesus, and the more and more shaky becomes our whole economic system, not just in this country, but the world over, because it's all interconnected now. Um, I think it would very easily fall to pieces, and that which we might have put our trust in uh, will disappear. It's an affluent age and that's very deceiving because money and possessions are deceiving they promise a lot um, but it is a deceit in the end because they cannot deliver they cannot deliver God can and when Jesus comes and all um, the things of this world have gone what will we have left what will we have left so the question for us is is our treasure we hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk.